Hi, this is Samantha Newark, probably best known as the voice of Jem and Jerrica from Jem and the Holograms, and you are listening to Hellions Talks. Almost live from a library near you, this is Hellions Talks, starring the masked library, Kevin Hellion. He is the lauder of the long box, the hero of the hall, and he's on a mission to bag and board them all. Now the Retro Network proudly presents a talk show of comic proportions. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Hellions Talks. With me this week is the brand new New York Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, the madness of Trip. Trip, how are you doing? I'm very happy to have you on the show today. <laughs> you know, we really enjoy when someone actually has a wonderful and uh, fairly thought out and enthusiastic introduction. So bravo to that. But as for how we're doing, we're doing quite well. We, it's a nice brisk somewhere around 25 to 28 degrees here in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, before we recorded, I had to go outside for a few things, and I'm over towards Rome, uh, so it is currently 37, apparently. Yeah, I'll, I'll you know, we'll, we'll happily take those uh, 10 degrees over here so I could stop watching Frost on the Cars, you know, develop. True. Oh, I mean, we, we had a few nasty ones along the way, um, but it's just... I if this is our our turn towards nicer weather, I will be very happy for it. And you know, especially someone like you, like you're, you already mentioned, there uh, you're from Buffalo, which is a horrible area for snow. <laughs> and people that might listen elsewhere in the country or in other countries, we have this beautiful phenomenon here called Lake Effect snow. Oh God! Which which is just a wonderful thing that people outside of New York and Northeast area are not aware of where it could seem beautiful and then just the right gust of wind comes over from Ohio or from Canada and we are done and buried under feet of snow. Oh yeah, now, and that can happen in a day. Oh it, it, yeah, it can happen overnight. It can happen while you're, you know, for people with uh, uh, day jobs, you go to work, you're in the building, you come out and your car's buried. <laughs> Wonderful things that happen. For you as a wrestler, though, especially coming out of Buffalo, I got to imagine, and, and I was going to go chronologically, but screw it, that's out the window now. I got to <laughs> imagine there's been times where you've had to contact a promoter and said, listen, I can't get out of my city. Like, whether a flight is canceled or it is just flat out unsafe for me to drive, or I can do it, but I'm going to have to leave, like, a day early to make it to your location. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we've actually only had to cancel a booking due to weather. Oh, now we're spanning going on 19 years, three times. Oh, that's not bad at all. Nope, uh, we've, we've only canceled three times. Uh, one of them was roughly about six, seven years ago, and... It was, I think it was the November surprise. Uh, the, the the pictures of the city actually made national headlines. We lived in the southern part of uh, Buffalo, New York at that point, and there's clouds literally going from the skyline all the way to the city streets, and people were taking pictures. It looked like we were being attacked by a gray and white blob. We got about <laughs> 10 feet of snow between 5 o'clock in the afternoon that Monday and 5 in the morning Tuesday. And uh, I grew up, I'm in Rome area now, but I grew up in Watertown. So we had all sorts of wonderful things like that hit all the time. Uh, the two ice storms, I think, being my favorites in my lifetime. Oh, ice storms are never fun. That's why wrestlers know yeah. how to bump. And then this way, when we slip and fall, it doesn't hurt as much. You know, and, and I feel like you are being half sarcastic with it. But uh, granted, I've never been in the ring and I would never claim to but I think uh longtime obsessed fans like myself we pay attention to how movements are done to how certain things happen in the ring and I found myself slipping on ice 
putting my feet out to take the, or sorry, putting my arms out to take the bump. And like not planning on it, but just something deep in my subconscious from watching it for years, I just automatically went out to do it. I said, I thought, where the hell did that come from? I mean, I'm glad I did it, but I was a little shocked I did it at all. Oh, no, 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 no sarcasm intended. No, it's a good thing wrestlers know how to bump because it makes the fall suck less. We know, you know, the timing. We know to make sure that we're exhaling. We know to tuck the chin so we're not smacking the back of our head. And as you uh, pointed out, putting your arms out, I mean, everyone has a misconception that wrestlers know how to fall so it doesn't hurt. No, wrestlers know how to fall so it hurts less. It still hurts. It just sucks a little bit less when you know how to spread the impact out. Absolutely. And it frustrates me for people that don't like wrestling to say, oh, it's it's all fake. Oh, it's all planned out. Oh, they know how to fall. And you're absolutely right. No, we know how to fall so it hurts less, but it still hurts. The things that I have seen you, everyone else for New York Championship Wrestling, every wrestler I've seen from someone just starting out to someone in the main event of a pay-per-view Everyone hurts, has had injuries, is had days where they can barely get up and move. And it's all for the absolute love of it. And as much as, you know, fans and, and people might have favorites and might have people that, you know, we might make fun of or something like that, usually in a certain national promotion that we mock. But... <laughs> All of them are worthy of respect for just willing to risk themselves to go out there and do that at all. Oh, I mean, I can I, I completely attest that I agree. You know, what we do is not easy and it hurts. And yeah, we we do it because we actually like to entertain. It's just a violent form of entertainment. Um, yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> you mentioned the, the falls and the bumping and what we do and how it hurts. Yeah, uh, 2012, we actually broke our neck in the ring. Did you really? Yep. Uh, um, misplanned uh, tombstone pile driver occurred and uh, landed on the upper back of our head and fractured our C3 vertebrae in two spots, herniated a couple of discs, uh, hematoma in the spine. And uh, yeah, that, that sucked. August 25th, 2012. So then how... Long is that sort of recovery? I mean, did you think you were ever going to wrestle again? Did you? I'm guessing at least a year with that <laughs> little damage. Uh, November 7th of 2012, I got 100% clearance by the neurosurgery group. And December 1st of 2012, I was back in the ring. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it, it freaked out the doctors. Uh, they, they started calling me Wolverine and asked how I managed to heal that quickly. I was like, sir, I don't know. You're the one that's the neurosurgeon, even though didn't have to get surgery on the neck. My neck just healed naturally. Really? See, I assume yeah. you were going to tell me you had like a fusion done or something. Nope. That's crazy. Well, and I mean, you're, you're a big guy too. Yeah, like you. <laughs> I didn't mean wait. 225. All right. Let, let me, let me word it away and hope to not get in trouble. You're indie big. That's fair. <laughs> can, I, That's fair. can I get away with that? <laughs> no, you can you can get away with that. I mean, if you if you technically want to look at it, we're the average size guy now among independent wrestlers, and we're technically considered a small guy if we go to one of those nationally syndicated places, predominantly the one that loves their bigger guys. Yeah, and uh, we, we we all have frustrations. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I will say that uh, on Monday, I usually multitask. You know, I, I got a, a comic going or, you know, I'm writing something or, you know, uh, one one week I did my dishes instead of watching. <laughs> um, but other shows. I watch the recaps the next day myself on YouTube. Yep. Yep. And, and other shows, I, I am glued the entire time. That's a that's a fair point. <laughs> We have a similar practice. Also, for people listening um, that may have noticed your pronoun use, which my kid loved as soon as he heard you cut a promo, <laughs> uh, I feel like I have more than one guest on today for the Madness of Trip. And when I first, because I went to my first New York Championship Wrestling uh, event on my own, because I was just, you know, um, 
let me go and see what this is. Immediately fell in love with the product. And I thought, I'm coming every month. And I also felt comfortable bringing my kid to it. My kid, who apparently is going to beat Fox um, before he, Fox challenges you. At least oh, at we, least that was your words. With, with, yeah, no, we support that. And do us a favor when, when your son, um, it's your son, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. When your son gets in there with Fox, shave off the rest of his hair. He keeps missing that one streak. He's <laughs> got a good band, though. That's fair. We'll give him that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, so your your son likes our pronouns for the we, he, our, and us. He does because he's also so I I started bringing my kid uh, starting with the second show I went to. I've been bringing him every time because I felt comfortable bringing a kid to that. You know, there wasn't anything crazy. You know, we didn't go death match. There wasn't tons of swearing. Like I felt comfortable bringing him to the show and everyone's been so friendly and welcoming as well. I know I made a good decision there, but as soon as he heard you saying we, he was also in the middle of his venom obsession. <laughs> and, and it was like, Oh my gosh, this guy's like venom. Does, does trip have a symbiote in him? And I was just letting him enjoy the hell out of that. Cause I was having a blast with it too. Uh, well, it, coincidentally, Venom is actually our favorite Marvel character, too. So that's that's a wonderful, wonderful uh, just that he, he caught on to right away. So bravo. Well, and to have a favorite Marvel character, I do feel like there's sort of a Venn diagram overlap of wrestling and comics. For yes. Yes, no, we completely agree. And the the amount of nerds that exist in a wrestling locker room, man, you you you'd be impressed. We can have our own comic con with our own costumes. Well, and and for you having wrestled for many years, there there was a someone made a comment a while ago about oh these young guys just playing video games in the locker room and not what we used to do. <laughs> but yeah, noticing uh, a lot of the people I've talked to. There is definitely, as you say, as a huge nerdy quality to it. Um, Riley Shepard, obviously, it, she oh, just exudes it. Yeah. Um, uh, when Dante Dio and I talked, when Corey Jackson and I talked, there's the geeky stuff comes out in so many different ways. It might be on the gear, it might be in a move name, it might be an attitude, it might be in theme music, but it just makes it so much fun. And I also feel like that's kind of where wrestling's going in a way, too. Like, it's not... Well, it, it, to, to play off of that, I mean, a big inspiration behind Trip as a character and how, it's, how, how we present ourselves really ties into the fact that we grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like we're, we're that nerd. We were, you know, pen, paper, pencil, dice, acting without a stage. We were that nerd. And being able to create an entire world and portray it to other players that they're also uh, creating a portion of that world, that, that really helps with our delivery because we're, we're taking, in most cases, a wrestler would take an aspect of themselves and heavily accentuate it to the point where it's, you know, one fracture, fraction of their personality on display with a spotlight. And in the case of Trip, it's actually the watered-down version of the man in imagination behind it. Well, and you mentioned for being a kid growing up playing D&D. So I'm, I'm 43, and I have a guess for about your age. Oh, we'll date ourselves. We're going to be 37 in March. Okay. Yeah, we've, yeah, we have no issue saying how old we are. All right. Yeah, that was my guess late late 30s but when we were growing up geek was still a four-letter word like ostracized made fun of picked on and now that it's cool to be a geek those of us that grew up you know uh being picked on for playing D for reading comics for whatever it might be are are kind of in shock of like when did the rest of the world come around to this when, when did this stuff i'm into and got bullied for become cool oh no no no! not in shock nope we knew it was going to happen so that's why guys you know people like us it's not a matter of being in shock anymore no we are kings among the nerd kingdom <laughs> 
Well, so grown up then, did uh, what came first then? Interest in geeky things or the wrestling, or did they kind of tie in together? No, it was wrestling. We decided at three years old that we were going to be a professional wrestler, and we <laughs> have been relentless in that pursuit. Um, yeah, we we grew up around wrestling. We we um, uh, our mother dated professional wrestlers, so it's really yeah. oh yeah. Was this like Buffalo area? Uh, or somewhere Buffalo, else before that? Buffalo, Pennsylvania, uh, Allentown specifically. So uh, part of our history lies with Afa before he moved to Florida. Uh, and then up here with the All-Nighters and Beth Phoenix before she was signed. Uh, then, oh God, countless seminars. Uh, and then, yeah, it's, it's just been that thing that's it's there. It's going to be there. It's never going to go away. We may have other things that we want to try. Kind of make our way back to the ring. Now, so as you get into uh, like say teenage and early twenties, did you start seeking out a school? Were you in any sort of um, high school sports or anything? Kind of thinking, okay, I need to build up my body or I need to build up my speed or just have a familiarity with my own movement or anything? Or did you just kind of wake up one day and say, screw it, I'm gonna look up a school and I'm heading there as soon as I can. So we, uh, we started training with the wild Samoans and that was when from the age of 13 to 16, uh, started training with the all nighters and Beth Phoenix in the Niagara Falls, New York area, uh, until we were 17, 18, finished more training with Dan Severn and started wrestling the same year. So we, we quite literally spent our entire adult life in a ring. Jeez. Now, yeah, be was 19 it, years this way. <laughs> was it, because I mean, that goes back enough for, I, I almost think in a way, I, I'm not saying it's easy, but in a way, I think like your newer guys to be able to do a Google search, to look things up, to find school, to even find people commenting on whether the school or the trainer is any good is a little easier because I'm sure along the way with being in at 19 years, you probably had people that you may have walked into a training, a, a indie company, a seminar and said, I should not be here. Or this person's <laughs> this person doesn't know what they're doing. I'm not I'm not asking to name names or anything, but I'm sure you had some things where you said, geez, I, I wish that I would have known ahead of time before I wasted this trip. Not not you trip, but before <laughs> I wasted the time going to this. Uh yeah. No, that's <laughs> that's such a loaded question that if we I'm, I'm not I'm not asking you, you, it, it's up to you if you want to. I'm not asking any. No, we don't need a name drop. I mean, we, we've seen places that started as one thing and then, you know, have gone through the roller coaster of becoming something good, turning to something bad. And now they're on an uprise. We've seen them, some things start real good and then crash and burn. Uh, we've gone some places. And, oh, a good example. How, oh, man. I, for, for, for the sake of respecting all parties involved that won't name names but we wrestled a show that was in new york state and we were told someone that we had to wrestle and when we met him and we were learning how new he was to the business when we asked the questions about what he learned there were a lot of basics that should have been taught that weren't and then <laughs> looked at my uh my riding partner that would go on the road with me all the time and quite literally said, what the hell did I get myself into today? Why, why, why is this happening? This guy has no, this, I, oh my God, he doesn't even know how to do chain wrestling. He barely knows how to lock up. And now I have to wrestle this guy. So it becomes a matter of, can I do this? And two things come to mind. Number one, can I make this match look good? And two, can I keep myself safe? See, and I, as, as a as a fan, I've been fan long enough. I can know most of the time 
I'll say who messed up a situation like that. Here's someone who I know has been doing it while here's a rookie. Something went wrong. It's probably the rookie's fault here. But I also got to imagine for you as a wrestler, yes, there's the desire to entertain the crowd and, and get that feedback and, and put on a show and, and have people want to come out and see you again next. But I would think in a situation like that, protecting yourself becomes first, though, as opposed to entertaining the fans. Yes and no. Uh, so that that really depends on the uh, on the wrestler. That you know, right. I mean, I mean, in, I mean, in a situation like that, like a brand new kid that is clueless. Oh, clueless is an understatement. Nice kid, very polite, very <laughs> friendly, just completely just. He used to, he shouldn't have been in a ring. He really shouldn't have. And if he was going to be in a ring, he needed another six, eight months of proper training. Uh, what he got was not proper, could barely be called training. But it, it the the idea of entertainment versus safety that really depends on the person that's in there. Uh, where you know the, the, I yeah this person that's behind trip um, will always be professional, will always be safe, won't for the life of anyone sacrifice safety or anything else. So now it's a matter of, okay, cool. Do we err on the side of caution or do we do what we can do to the best of our ability and make it as entertaining as possible? So that's that's a preference. That's a matter of the person and the choices that they're going to make on how safe they're going to be versus how entertaining they want to be and how much they're willing to entertain for the sake of safety. Well, and I've also, I've seen you do that. Not, not in a situation of someone being green, but in a situation of, Oh crap, we're not positioned how we want to be. And it could just be like slipping from sweat or something like that. It could just be like, we're not quite how we should be. So this isn't going to look pretty, but it's going to be safe. Yeah, and I've seen the audibles in the ring of like, okay, I know what we were going to do, but that's not happening right now. So let's do this, and then we're both okay and safe, and we'll kind of reset and get going again here. Man, you have a good eye. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Part of it was starting to bring my kid to it, too. Um like, because uh, I noticed stuff you were doing right away. Um, I noticed uh, Corey's feet was, uh, I noticed his footwork right away. And I thought, geez, for being brand new, he's doing good. Um, Denim pops his hips like crazy for a suplex. Oh, yeah. That that uh, gives you height and distance and clearance. It, yeah. And I was just like, wait, how long has he been in? And he's got that part down? Well, there's a so, lot of those guys that um, train with Zachary Springgate, who's a very well-renowned trainer in New York State. So they're they're getting quality training where they're going. Well, and I, I mean, I've been wrestling fan for all my life. So I was lucky enough when we had this little golden era of a buzz for an independent promotion in central New York when 2CW was very big and popular. And oh, yeah. Feud with NWA Upstate, and then the amount of talent that we got to see come in that are now, you know, uh, on national TV, and then uh, had the reunion show last summer with a ton of crazy talent for that as well. And then it went away, and I missed it. And now I see this hungry group for NYCW that it's almost like, all right. Trip, my friends know I do this, so I apologize if if you're not aware of it. But sometimes I make pop culture references. Oh, that's fine. It's, it's a good shorthand. Have you ever seen a little movie called Empire Records? Yes. Okay. NYCW is like, we might fight, we might argue, but if you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. That's a fact. But that should and, be any wrestling locker room, really. Should, isn't, should, should. But I've seen enough things as a fan of 
you know, attitudes or out of order or just looking out for each other or whatever it might be. And I'm just like, I feel comfortable here. I feel comfortable bringing my kid um, with with everyone in this building. This is great. And I've gone to shows myself, like with someone I'm dating, where I'm thinking I'm not leaving her by herself in this building. Not on YCW, other promotions, but like I, I appreciate, and, and you as a champion, I think also now default that puts you in a leader, a captain role as well. But just, geez, the way you conduct yourself with taking pictures with fans, with interacting, with coming out and just getting everyone excited and how, how you present yourself as well. I think anyone would feel comfortable bringing their kids, bringing their whole family to see the show like that. And, you know, we, we very much appreciate that. We really do. Um, as far as being a leader, it's not so much that it's, we're not trying to lead anybody. We're trying to more lead by example. We're not going to tell someone to go do something that we're not willing to do ourselves. It's, you know, it, it, it's funny. Um, recently, over the last like week or so, there have been so many conversations that we've had about uh, about the family-friendly stuff that we do. Um, I mean, don't get us wrong. We, we enjoy it. We really do. But there, there's a, a big portion that would love to do a adult-themed kind of show, like one where you're not being as family-friendly, where you can be more aggressive, where the jokes can be crude. Attitude Era-esque, but on a different level but um you know as far as making people feel comfortable that that's that, that's the number one thing i mean you you guys you know all the fans they work they pay their money they they buy their tickets they're allowed to sit in those seats and say and do whatever the hell they want and they should never be made to feel you know like they're not welcome or they're not part of, of the event or that the, the event's not for them it's just for the guys in the ring they should never have to be made to feel like that. And the fact that NYCW has done a really good job, especially since we like they were around before we walked through their door. They they had a good year before we started working with them, um, and we we have been that person to push the envelope. Uh, uh, we uh, we were their big villain for a very very long time, and we pushed the envelope to the point of almost burning the envelope to just ashes. So yeah, we we know. We've been that person to push the envelope too far sometimes. Where um, you know, be like, wow, I, I can I can bring my uh, you know my date to the show, but I don't want to go near this guy because he's he's crazy, like he's nuts. Like you would look look at us and say we're certifiable. I mean, you might be right, but that's besides the point. <laughs> well, but also there's a difference between um. Like, I'd say the street fight at the last show was crazy. Some people might say that wasn't entirely family-friendly. But I think everyone still felt comfortable with whoever they were there with and wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe I brought, you know, a kid or or someone, you know, family member to the show. But maybe something like, oh, say, Bubba Ray Dudley trying to incite a riot might be a little too far <laughs> for certain companies. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think a little too far. Yeah. But I also think there's um, too many people see wrestling as just a blanket term. It's wrestling. But I think, like, depending on what company you work for, it probably gets a different version of trip. And I know, okay, I'm going to this show to see a family-friendly wrestling. I'm going to this show to see a deathmatch wrestling. I'm going to this show... You know, to see uh, an all-women show. I'm going to this one for whatever the theme is, whatever that group does. And you even go so far as um, someone like Effie, who's able to have, like, a gay show, which just a couple years ago was unheard of. So every wrestling show has its own thing and its own theme. And someone like you that's been in for so long, you can probably adapt to, like, okay, what's the feel of this show? What's the feel of this town, even? What's the feel of this crowd tonight? And and I'm, I got to imagine sometimes you even have had to think on the fly of, oh, I thought I was going this way, but based on the crowd reaction or what's going on, I think we should go this way instead. Uh, well, so as far as changing how we're presented, 
that doesn't really happen. We're, we're presented the exact same way. All that really changes is who we talk crap to. That's really all <laughs> that changes for, uh, for trip. And, uh, it's definitely a feeling out thing when it comes to an audience and that really changes what moves you're going to do. And, you know, not even just what moves you're going to do, what, um, what you're going to say, how you're going to, how you're going to either try to intentionally, uh, play to an audience or how you're going to try to intentionally make one mad. Uh, I'll give you an example. Wrestled for a company in Fremont, Ohio, about 20 miles outside of Toledo. And we had attacked uh, one of the fan favorites, Cyclone Jones, and we had choked him out. So then, to be different, because, well, look at us, we're pretty different. Um, he's unconscious, facing the lights, and we decided to lay down on the ring next to him. Feet in the air, kind of like we were a schoolgirl that just got home in the writing of her diary. We took the microphone and said this. Cyclone, we know you're not conscious. We're going to have to get this on playback. Well, what you'll do is uh, we want you to go home. We want you to hug your wife. We want you to hug your kids. We want you to go home and be the best husband and best father that you can be. And we know it's going to be a little while until you get back in the ring. But when you do, I see you here. But between now and then, do us a favor. We want you to write down a list of everything that you cherish the most. So when we see you next, we have the pleasure of taking it all from you. It was at this point the audience began to cheer, which was not the intention. <laughs> so we decided that we were going to go Princess Bride on them. But in the meantime, rest well and dream of large women. Kind of like the ones here in and the audience then began to verbally berate us, insult us, and I think uh, our riding partner got hit in the head with a um, uh, cup of water or soda or whatever. I, he got hit with something. He was wet afterwards. I laughed. It was fine. That is just a brilliant reading of the audience, though. And jeez. Oh, that's freaking hysterical. Um, is that natural to you? Is that just through years of experience? Is it just, you know, the, what is it they say, like 10,000 hours to get good at something? Is it just through the repetition that you're able to do stuff like that? Or kind of a little bit of all of it? We've always had a gift when it came to reading people and when it came to being, you know, that kid and being a nerd and playing D&D &D growing up and running campaigns and having a group of people that you have to uh, paint a picture for. And they all need to get that picture and all need to try to circumvent specific reactions. It uh, It's a little on the trial and error side, but now it's a matter of going in there with the objective to do one thing and get a specific reaction and then just making sure that you get that reaction you know whether it's singling out an audience member making sure you go for you know as we call the cheap heat and you insult the local sports team or you um pick apart you know something else that's local like an nycw some some of the guys if they wanted to go against adam stone they were talking about the 16 stone brew pub because it's a local business that adam stone is affiliated with so we try not to go that route and we try to go for that you know that that good one-liner that gets a good jab a good dig that gets everyone going oh you son of a and they don't know how to react other than get mad or happy depending it really depends on our mood it depends on who we're talking smack about well true because you've, you've done it as a face as well um your match against moose when the referee held up the title and you said oh it's for the title I couldn't stop laughing. Just <laughs> that genuine reaction and goofing around and all, I was losing it. But then the, the things that you will do there, so you get the laughter, but then you're screaming for someone to just hit you as hard as they can. And usually when you're doing that, it's against someone who will, and you will give it back just as well. And now the card's okay. into a, a whole another level. We are laughing a moment ago, and now we're just enraptured in the intensity happening before us. Well, that's, that's the other thing. A lot of people will come to a wrestling event, uh, fans especially. Sometimes it's even the wrestlers. And they'll come with a certain expectation of what's going to happen in the ring, how the show is going to go. And, you know, they're, 
there, there's a countless or the age old expression of laughter is the best medicine. Well, laughter is also one. It's a wonderful uh, disarming technique. You know, and it works against my opponents and it works with the fans. You know, you get them laughing. That means you have their attention. You have them engaged. And now it's like, all right, cool. Now you're you're laughing with me. Now you're a part of the show. So everything that's going to happen, you need to know that you're a part of this. So enjoy the laugh because it's going to get pretty intense soon. Yeah, and, and you absolutely will take fans on a ride for the matches to get to that point, too. And when I first t- started taking my kid, that was part of the thing I was explaining to him of, listen, the good guys aren't going to win all the time. Because if they do, what's your motivation to go next month, next week to the show? You want to see the comeuppance eventually. Things are going to happen. And now that he's invested in the story of it, uh, Dad, who's wrestling tonight? And I'll tell him, oh, oh, because of this. And he's remembering what happens the last show and the, and the building on it and everything. And now he's excited for it because it's a story. Not only the story for each match, but the story of the feuds. So he knows... Fox is the new number one contender, and he's going to remember that. So when you two come face to face, whether verbally or physically, now he's invested, and the whole crowd's invested as well. And it just it, it, it's it's wrestling almost written as a comic. Oh yeah, Here's absolutely. The, yeah, and and some people, some places don't do it. They're just putting on the show weekly, monthly, whatever, and that's it. No long term story planning. But the ones, either the wrestlers on their own trying to do it or promotion that builds, you get more excitement for it and more loyalty, too. I don't want to miss a show because I feel like I'm going to miss an episode of my favorite TV show here. I feel like I'm going to miss a big turning point in the plot. So. Are you there? No, I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you wanted us to comment at that. <laughs> no, sorry. I had a weird pause on the screen, so I wasn't sure what was going on, if it was your under my end. But yes, if you have a comment, go ahead. And then I had another thought. Nope, didn't have a comment. I'm good. <laughs> okay. So what do you draw as your personal influence for this stuff? Is it because you mentioned the D&D, which... Uh, I listen to different podcasts and interviews with like screenwriters in Hollywood and, and comic writers. And they'll say, I can do this because I did D and D because I got used to creating a character, creating a campaign, creating this whole world here. And it was the best practice I had for creating this now, or are you reading something or watching something for your own personal enjoyment and go, you know, what if I took a little bit of that and brought it into the ring? Or what if I took that line and changed it a little? Like, what what are the influences being brought in from your own personal world to create Trip? So, the the Trip character actually comes from our very first time uh, getting into a wrestling ring. We thirteen uh, year old short fat kid foot got on the rope, we fell flat on our face, and we've been called Trip ever since. So here we are, twenty four years later. Um. So yeah, that's where the name came from. As far as uh, any influences, uh, it was actually during a, what was it, four or five months of rehabbing our knee uh, that we didn't know how we were coming back to wrestling. We didn't know how we wanted to be presented. And then just one day, there was a series of movies that we watched. It was Bram Stoker and Dracula. It was Holy Wonka. It was a bunch of guys in top hats. And we looked at the girl we were dating at the time. We were like, I can rock a top hat. And then as far as the trip persona, uh, as I said earlier, it's actually a watered down version of the man behind it. Uh, There's not too many outside influences. Uh, You did nail the uh, the we are us as the Venom reference. But beyond that, 99.9% of what's being presented is just you know, straight out of our imagination. When we have the uh, the announcer say we're from the darkest regions of the human mind, that's pretty accurate. Uh, we've we've studied the uh, concepts of psychology, not to any kind of degree that anyone actually has a 
in psychology would understand, but there is the, um, what is it? The, the blue man theory or the, uh, the aspects of the human mind between the ego, the super ego and the id that dissects the personality tropes of the human mind into different things. And each one having their own MO all about self-preservation, but each one going about it a different way. So in essence, the erratic behavior is kind of just one of them overtaking another, not to the point where it's a split personality because it technically is still one personality and one entity. It's just that now it's three aspects, each one having its own voice. I think that's also part of being older as well. Not old, older. <laughs> because you probably, because you've been wrestling for so long, you probably look at things that you did in your 20s, whether in wrestling or in life, and go and think to yourself, I was an idiot. Why did I do that? Why did I make the bad decision? I'm much smarter mm -hmm. in my 30s. And unfortunately, are you referencing got, what we've done normally, or are you talking about our dating history? Because that's that's a whole different category, bro. All? <laughs> because I hate to tell you, I'm in my 40s now, and I think my 30-year-old self was an idiot. And that scares me because it means decisions I think are perfectly acceptable and smart decisions now in my 40s. I worry in my 50s, I'm going to say, oh, I was a freaking idiot in my 40s, and that this just never stops. See, ne we're never worrying about making mistakes like that. That's that's future trips problem. We'll worry about it then. <laughs> you also, I gotta say, are one of the best merchandisers that I've seen in indie wrestling in a while. Hey, thank you. The variety of shirts, the variety of colors. I picked on you in person, and I said it to. Uh, some of your uh, co-workers here, you hustled me into getting a mask too, <laughs> which, which was brilliant, which was great. But I think that that's smart and more people should do it as well and, and learn from your example of it. Fans don't, ha like, we can't buy everything from everyone, every show. No, that's ridiculous. But, all right, a couple people buying a shirt means uh easier time getting back home to buffalo for you you know it's more uh, money it's more gas it's it's better food maybe on the way home it's, <laughs> yeah it's so well when it comes to the merchandise presentation uh the the first thing that we learned a long time ago and we did it simply with this little wooden stand that our ex's father made for us uh and it was just this little thing that we hung rubber bracelets from dog tags and a couple of little like top hats and once we brought stuff and elevated it off the table it, it attracted eyes and then you know we started diversifying color schemes we started doing uh different merchandise that you know most people don't do and then it was a matter of okay cool i know what will sell i know what won't sell but how can i get this at a decent price point that i can make it so that i'm making money but it's cost effective to fans because you know, uh, back in the day, and you can attest to this, if you wanted to go see, you know, one of the mainstream, you know, uh, companies and you wanted to go to a simple house show, you were spending 50 bucks, one ticket, somewhere near the nosebleeds, not with the best view in the house, or you could go to an indie show and for 50 bucks, bring four of your friends and have guaranteed floor seats. So now it, it's a matter of, okay, cool. Independent wrestling is cost effective. And now how can it still be cost effective for fans? Because sometimes you want to go see one of those mainstream things. You want to be able to go and buy the t-shirt of the current champion that's on Friday nights, but it might not be budgeted that well. Or on Saturday, you're going to go to NYCW. You're going to see high voltage Omar. He's got a brand new shirt out that looks like a Skeletor. And his is 20 bucks compared to if you went to that one on Friday night, you were spending 30 or 40 bucks. So, I mean, it's a matter of that it's a, it's a really interesting balance that this one comes with a lot of trial and error. If you don't have uh, good contacts, it's, you know, how, how do you make it so you can financially be sustainable, make merchandise pay for itself, and not try to rip off a fan? Well, and you're absolutely right for who does it mean more, too, because I, I went to 
two shows one weekend. One was WWE, and I bought a Becky Lynch thing for reasons. And then I went to NYC. She's our favorite redhead on TV, too. We understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm mostly Irish, so of course I'm drawn to redheads. (laughs) We're not Irish at all. We are still drawn to redheads. (laughs) (laughs) They're nothing but trouble, though. (laughs) Good trouble, but nothing but trouble. (laughs) Um, But then I went to NYCW, and I I think it was, uh, I think about stuff from Falco, that show. All right. Who did that money matter more to? You know, like Becky Lynch wouldn't have even noticed it. Falco, maybe I helped get him home for gas money. Maybe he was able to, like, you know, not buy freaking uh, dollar menu McDonald's that night. Like, you know, who did that money matter more to for wrestling? And I keep telling people that I bring to shows, do the pictures, do the autographs. Like, don't, no, don't, if you can't spend hundreds of dollars. I'm not saying do it for everyone, but pick one person each show. Do something like that. And of course, I see your booth and merchandise and everything. And you have, you're in your top hat. You have your staff with the skulls on it, which looks amazing. Oh, that's that's a shout out to Bad Penny Chop Shop here in Niagara Falls. Doug is a genius. We threw an idea at him, and within weeks, he made that. And it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's scary. It's every. It's it, it's eye grabbing. It's everything. It lights up. <laughs> but like, how are you not drawn to that? You know. Well, we it's, like to be the best looking sore thumb in the room if we got to say anything. <laughs> well, and then uh, immediately for me as well, um, you have uh, one shirt with the um, autism puzzle logo on it, and my kid is on the autism spectrum. So I'm very aware of finding things like that, being supportive, knowing um, it's such a weird community, too, because you kind of stumble across it and then discover things later on. But also knowing um, people that will take a percentage for supporting for charity or just being aware of it, too. So as soon as I saw that on your table, I said, well, there's my money tonight. <laughs> like, I have well, to buy this shirt. So all of our, all of the autism awareness stuff that we do, uh, for the last couple of years, uh, we were donating to We Rock for Autism, which is based in South Florida. And unfortunately, due to the pandemic, uh, they couldn't maintain funding. So they are going to be completely closing up shop, I believe, this year. So we're currently stockpiling all of the donations that we were going to do and we're looking for a new autism awareness charity to work with so uh from day one they're gonna get a nice little influx from us excellent and yeah there's there's different groups there's ones that um my kid has been a part of uh for different things and then we feel you know okay he's done as much as he can for this program let's get him into another program But all of these programs deserve to exist because for anyone listening, if you say, well, I know a kid who's on the spectrum. Great. You've met one that does not apply to every other kid. It's every other kid person on the spectrum is different and has their own needs and has their own specialized help. And all these companies and charities and stuff are needed. And I'm thankful for them. Sorry. Personal side note for that. No, so no, no. For people fine. like you that do this as well. It's it's fine. No. Um, so again, the, the person behind the gimmick, I feel the exact same way. Uh, we have some dear friends who uh, their their children uh, who are near and dear to us. They're they're also on the spectrum. Uh, my best friend, his son is on the spectrum, and he's he's awesome. Uh, we love this kid. That's why every time he's over at the house and he's swimming in the pool, he's just having a blast. Um, yeah, no, we're we're used to all the like we we've seen none of them. None of them are the same. We can probably name like twenty people that we know on a very very personal level. None of them have the same needs, have the same desires, have the same aspect of communication. They're all very very unique. So no, to to say that you can meet one and it's going to be different from the next ten thousand that you meet, that's an accurate statement. But yeah, no, it's it's something that's just very very near and dear, you know, to me that. I'll, I'm never going to stop. 
you know, any charity I can help out with, I'm going to do, you know, uh, I'm somewhat passionate about animals too. And I have worked with a couple of, com- like a couple of organizations before, but um, nope, autism awareness is something that I'll, I will relentlessly pursue to help. Yeah. And, and I, I just wanted to throw a, a thank you for that. And it is tough sometimes to, to do things with a kid who's on the spectrum um, before I, I learned certain uh, uh, coping mechanisms, not knowing what to do and being frustrated. But now um, that it's there's more education about it as well, I kind of feel like people from our generation, a lot of us probably would have been diagnosed as being on the spectrum if we were kids today. Based on uh, our, our over obsession with things, uh, not liking being around certain people, um, our own tics and moods. I kind of feel like a lot of us that might be um, in certain niches and into certain uh, activities might be flagged today. Most of our behavior is probably just uh, itemized under the we've been hit in the head a whole lot category. <laughs> But no, so you're probably time. right. You're honestly probably right. <laughs> but, you know, I, I got to say, though, uh, if people want to know how to not be hit on the head too often or how to take a good bump in the snow, um, Trip, is there any place, maybe a brand new place that they could learn certain things like this or or maybe how to move in the ring? Is, is there Man, any that place that you might be close to? That that was probably the worst blatant degree of trying to <laughs> hey, get this cheap plug in, get the cheap plug in that we've ever heard in our entire life. Wow. Oh, let me pick this up because it's now soaking in just saturation of cheap plug. So as our host is so eloquently trying to delicately say, uh, yes, sir. It's a brand new place that people can go to learn with they want to join and be a part of the wrestling world. <clears throat> uh, yeah, we're not going to try to give a big sales pitch, no. Um, so MGMA, Mad Guy Media and Arts, is a company that we founded uh, late 2019, beginning of 2020, and unfortunately had to hit the pause button when the whole world hit the pause button during the pandemic. Uh, it initially started as trying to be a booking agency and entertainment consultant for not just independent wrestlers, but independent entertainers so we can help them get more work and protect their intellectual property. Again, we were doing fine until the whole world had to take a pause. Now that everything is gradually opening up more and more, uh, MGMA is now going to continue its operations as a booking agency and entertainment consulting firm. Also now opening a wrestling uh, and it's not just going to be 100% focused on wrestling it's being focused on wrestlers but at the same time every aspect of production whether it's referees managers valets commentators announcers pre-production post-production we're going to work with everybody so in buffalo at the eastern hills mall we're partnering up with quantum conditioning and wellness which is a very inclusive fitness um, i could say fitness facility that also houses bare knuckle boxing, Muay Thai, uh, football conditioning and training. Uh, We are having our grand opening February 27th. And that's gonna be basically gonna be, you know, kind of a hell day because we're gonna push the envelope a lot with people as far as where their fitness levels are. Uh, We'll let them get into the ring a little bit just so we can whet their appetite. And then it's the grand opening, it's open tryout and then regular classes will start Tuesday, March 1st. Uh, you can go to MGMA, uh, Mad God Media and Arts on Facebook or Instagram. You can see what our hours are going to be. Uh, we're partnering up with several other uh, wrestlers out of the Western New York area. Rockstar Robbie Vegas, Dreslin Alexander, Cyclone Jones. Uh, and it's it's about working to create good entertainers that can go places, that can do business, that can... Um, you know, just just be valued to different companies. So that's also why we're uh, being sponsored and endorsed by multiple wrestling companies: New York Championship Wrestling, uh, Supernova Wrestling in Massachusetts, Backbreakers Entertainment down in Pennsylvania, Outbreak Wrestling and Outbreak Wrestling Quarantine also in Pennsylvania. 
um, AFCW Ace Fusion Championship Wrestling in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, just to name the ones off the top of my head. And there's still more that I haven't named yet. So it's it's not about creating our own wrestling company. It's about creating good wrestlers that could go to any company and be of value to those companies. And I gotta say for, uh, this is all in Buffalo as well. Um, it's also very centrally located. If you are looking to be an indie wrestler, you could easily make towns, it quote easily, in New York, in Pennsylvania, New England, Ohio area, like hotbeds of indie wrestling that there are always companies running shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's... It, it, we don't want to necessarily call ourselves any kind of a hub. It's just that our mission statement and our prerogative is focused on creating entertainers that can travel, that can go and go to different places and be of service. And that's that's another thing that makes us unique is the working relationship that we have with the companies that I mentioned and the ones that we haven't mentioned yet. Although if you pay attention to social media over the next week, you'll see different announcements for every single company. A little bit more subtle than yours. Uh, <laughs> um, we want to create uh, just every kind of aspect of wrestling, and that can that can go anywhere. You know, do you, do you need referees for the night because sometimes they're hard to get? Cool, we have them. Do you need a tag team? We'll develop them. Do you need uh, commentators for post production? We have that. You know, we just want to create, you know, create just good entertainers that can travel. I mean, I, I keep repeating myself. But it's, that's honestly what our 100% goal is, is to supplement whatever you need. And then the working relationship that we have with these companies is our graduates and affiliates of MGMA will actually get opportunities to work with these companies in front of a crowd. Because sometimes when you're just breaking into the business, it's, it's hard to get a spot. It's hard to get onto a show. You might be an extra in a car and get to a venue and the promoter doesn't have anything for you. You can't squeeze it in. But and it doesn't always work that you can get your spot, but the working relationship that we have is when you graduate or when you're an affiliate of these companies will give you a spot. It will be planned out in advance, but you get the opportunity. So you can train in Buffalo and have your baby match in Massachusetts. And on the same weekend, you may have another match to do in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. And then the following weekend, you're booked at NYCW in central New York. But then on the next day, you have a booking in New Jersey. And these are the things that we want to help facilitate. We want to get people as much of exposure and much experience as we can. And also to be able to work so many places, it opens up these these new wrestlers to so much opportunity and so much education. Every town is going to have a different atmosphere. Every show is going to have different wrestlers they've never met before that they can learn from and the education continues even though they'll be working the shows to be able to be in these new places is a wealth of opportunity instead of staying into one school or one building oh yeah we never we never stop learning as wrestlers we never stop and uh we we constantly encourage especially the younger generation the up-and-coming wrestlers learn as much as you can go everywhere you can and learn what you can not every school is going to teach you the exact same way of doing things you know you'll wrestle a show in buffalo and a show in cincinnati and the audience is going to be different they want to see different things some might want slower paced wrestling some are going to want you know high spot style wrestling some are going to want you know uh storytelling some places you might be able to get away with milking a headlock for 10 minutes i've seen it it happens but it's yeah get out there if you can get out there uh the door is open you know our door our grand opening is the 27th um our door is open to anyone that wants to be part of the wrestling world that maybe you sat on the couch and you always enjoyed the play-by-play and that's the part you want to do our door is open to you you want to be a wrestler our door is open to you you want to be part of the wrestling world but you don't know where you fit in come to our school and see what possibilities lie in front of you maybe you'll change your mind maybe something was too hard maybe something comes naturally and and i think that there is a great need for something like this um i've seen so many places that 
they don't have enough wrestlers or enough referees or enough commentators or or managers or whatever it might be there's definitely spaces that need to be filled and to have an opportunity like this to train for a variety of possibilities in the world of wrestling is great now for no, another sorry, sorry go ahead. <laughs> oh i was like we just we just want to be all inclusive there's there's a lot of schools out there that they're they're wrestling schools and they have really good teachings they're creating really good students they really are but there's a lot of places where they're the school is technically to supplement their own roster for their own wrestling company and we're we're not doing that at all we're not trying to start our own wrestling company we don't want to run shows uh it's no we just want to create good good entertainers so I, I won't be seeing Trip Championship Wrestling anytime soon. No, nope, nope. T- top hats and titles, not top hats on titles. All right. <laughs> now, for another ham-fisted segue there, you mentioned that you never stop learning as wrestlers travel to different towns. Where in the future can people see the madness of Trip? Uh, we've actually taken February pretty light. Uh, our next appearance will be February 26th at, uh, Anarchy Competitive Wrestling Alliance, Feb Brutality in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. We're in a triple threat match with the former NYCW heavyweight champion, Johnny Moran, and a Pennsylvania staple, Travis Dorian. Uh, that's going to be a very, very hard hitting one. After that, in March, we're waiting for the NYCW confirmation on the march date uh we're not sure exactly when it will be but we're just waiting on that one after that man we have we have a couple other dates lined up uh toward the end of march march 19th survival championship wrestling which is in the albany area and march 26th and the amount of times we get hit in the head this is the bad side of it (laughs) We know we have a show. We're just not exactly sure where. So, I mean, you can look up Madness of Trip on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox, PlayStation, wherever. We're on all of those. And, you know, we'll you know, keep plug away. We'll always post our dates. We'll post our upcoming dates. Always look for show flyers, matches, uh, Madness of Trip, even on YouTube. Wherever you need to find us. Again, best looking sort of thumb in the room. We'll stand out. You'll find us. I will say it's very frequently updated social media as well. You- yeah, yeah. These are the things we do when we don't sleep at night. Yeah, there's some people that post, I was at a show. Okay, that's great. I wanted to see you. It's too late now. <laughs> post, I am going to be at the show. Future. <laughs> no, we got to we gotta do more long-term, like, hey, here are the next, like, eight dates. Take, come take a look. So we gotta we gotta get back into that habit. Right now, everything has kind of been on the a slower side because of the grand opening for MGMA. Well, I mean, you you have your grand opening. We still have a pandemic going on. We still have crappy winter weather going on. There's a lot happening right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's busy, and you know the world is still recovering. But like I said, it, our our focus right now we're kind of tunnel visioned on our grand opening. All right, Trip. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to sit down for an interview, d- despite mocking me for my segues. Oh, no, it's fine. No, no, no. We've heard more segues. <laughs> um, so I, you, you gave a bunch of social medias. Are they all um, at Madness of Trip? Or if anyone just searches Madness of Trip on most social medias, you should be the number one person if not only one to come up i believe oh you can google the madness of trip and i think out of 14 results we're the top 13. nice yeah no we're we are a shameless self-promoter you look at madness of trip anywhere this this is the face the beard and the top hat you're gonna find and uh if trip brought you to my show welcome to aliens talks i Jeez, I cannot talk this week. Each and every week I try to sit down with uh, someone in wrestling, someone in comics, someone that is creating content and do a one-on-one interview to get to know them better. And my own uh, outlets are over at masklibrary.com and at the Retro Network. Uh, Trip, once again, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. 
Our pleasure. Thanks for having us.